Hey everybody, we have a quick special message before we start this episode of the Masterclass. Dave? We have a Patreon page that we would like for you to check out. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Hit the search button and search for Super Megacorp, and there you will have a chance to financially assist us with our podcast and the entire Super Megacorp network. Indeed, and we do have a new show that we are hoping to launch in the near future called Dad College, because guess what? I had a kid. Wow. So yeah, please give us money. Diapers cost a lot. (laughs) Okay, play the music. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 82 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam. And I'm Dave. And we're here, episode 82. Yeah. Awesome. 82. 81 in the bag. It's nine times nine. Did you know that? I do know. My gazintas are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You never heard what gazintas are? No. <laughs> seven goes gazinta 49 seven times. Oh. So it's Jeff Foxworthy redneck jokes. Uh. Yeah, so <laughs> I had a kid. Congratulations. Well, my wife had a kid. It happens to be mine, but good. That's where, well, we've been gone for a few weeks. Yes. Hence why our opening was just totally professional. But yeah, so that's where I've been. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, well, you have your first, my first got engaged. To be married. Oh boy. What so, day? Was it the same day? Oh no. It was not the same day. It was the eighteenth. Okay, so a few days before. Yes. That's exciting. Yep. You like him? Uh-huh. Wait, does he listen? Do you have to say yes? <laughs> I don't know if he, I doubt he ever listens, but Well then I don't like him. <laughs> Caroline, you heard it here first. Need to make them start listening. Yeah, that'll be their premarital counseling. <laughs> suffering through <laughs> you gotta listen to my dad's podcast yep it's a rule you want to you want to eat at his table you gotta listen to the podcast well congratulations that's fun yeah so big news all around yeah i've not been sleeping a lot yeah that happens that's what people tell me it's not fun no everything else about it is pretty cool and Meredith is, I'm back at work, but I get to work from home, which is awesome. So Meredith has been really nice and not waking me up at four in the morning <laughs> to help when I have to work the next morning. But I've been staying up to like midnight or one o'clock with the baby so she can go to bed early and get some sleep. And then it just catches up with you. Yes. But she is pretty stinking cute. So She is very cute. I will agree. I clearly had a lot to do with that. <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're going to have a little, a little dad talk here. So if you're not, you can fast forward to what we actually are talking about the Bible. But I think the weirdest thing for me is like, it just seems so normal. Hmm. That's interesting. Which is kind of weirding me out. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem 
Like, even like when we were at the hospital and she was in, you know, the throes of labor. It's like, all right. Yeah. Like, it didn't, I thought I was going to be freaking out. I thought I'd be, I was way more nervous before she had the kid. And now that, that Kennedy's here, I'm just like, okay, okay. let's change the diaper. Let's, you know, I mean, I do get annoyed at three in the morning when she's screaming her head off, but it's just because I'm tired. It's not because, you know, but I, I thoroughly expected to be way more nervous, to be way more anxious, to be way more unsure of myself with, you know, the kid, but it just kind of like feels totally normal, which is not at all how <laughs> I thought I would react and how I thought I'd feel about it. I thought I'd be like a total mess. Yeah. Cause I usually am about this sort of stuff, but it's just weird. Like we were just sitting on the couch, like watching pro wrestling last night. Cause she's <laughs> young enough to not judge me for it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is totally normal. I, was, I don't know. I don't know if that makes me a weirdo or if that's how normal people feel, but it it caught me by surprise. I think it's just like anything. Everybody's on the spectrum. Uh, it it felt pretty normal. When you get so many people telling you so many different things, mm-hmm. and everyone gives you their advice, and and everyone's genuinely trying to be helpful. I think, and a lot of the advice that I got was helpful, but you kind of like work your, at least I started to work myself up into this. Oh my gosh. Like I got 19 different lotions and shampoos and 95 different pieces of clothes. And this accessory does that. And now it's just like, as long as you hold your kid and feed them and make sure they sleep, like they're totally fine. Yeah. So just, it's much more mellow than I was anticipating. So if you haven't had a kid yet, and you're married, <laughs> you should give it a shot. <laughs> Don't want no, you know, if you're not married and you're, you know, under 18, probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, not a good idea. But if you love the one you're with, make a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go any further. <sighs> but marriage is exciting, too. Mm-hmm. Starting the process all over again. How old were you when you got married, Dave? I was 23 and Melissa was 22. Meredith was 23 and I was 22. Yeah. Look at so. little babies. Yes. And now we've, uh, we have been married 22 years and are in our 23rd year. So, how fitting. We are. So, when, so basically at this anniversary, Past anniversary, Melissa has now been married longer than not married. And this coming anniversary will be yeah. for me of I've been married longer than I was not married. I'm still a few years away. <laughs> so that's that's kind of crazy that my life experience is more married than not married. Yeah. You don't really ever, like when you're a kid mm-hmm. or even a teenager or a college student. I never did that math. I was just like, over 30, I'm going to be old. Like, can you stop like figuring out? But then as you start to get older and realize that 30 is not old at all, Mm-mm. you're like, oh man, <laughs> hopefully I still have a really, really long time ahead of me. Yeah. And that's when you start doing the, holy cow, I've been driving longer than I haven't been driving, or I've been out of school longer than I was in school, or I've been married longer than I've been single. And yeah, that's... That's when you know 
you were firmly in adulthood. Yes. Well, I got carded, like ID'd when I was 42. Dang. And it's the whole standard, like some places have that if you look younger than 40, they've got a card you type thing. And so she's like, I know you're old enough, but I got a card you. I was like, yeah, I'm twice the legal. Like it just like it. It just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm twice. <laughs> I've been 21 twice. That to me just seemed, because it seemed like it was going to take forever to turn 21. Not that I was, you know. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but it just seemed like, you know, that took forever to get here. And then that next 21, it was like, oh, where did it go? So. Great. I've got that to look yes, forward to. <laughs> and I hear it only goes faster. So. Yeah, well, my theory of time is that it speeds up as you get older because each day takes up a smaller and smaller percentage of your actual Yes, I would agree. Life. So perhaps it's our, per- our perception of time that speeds up, but nonetheless. It goes by fast. And Christmas is in like two weeks, yeah. three weeks. Oh, man. Well, that was fun. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that next episode i will not have another kid we're gonna we're gonna stick with one for at least a week and i shall not have another engaged daughter i mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not but we do have an episode to sort of pick up and continue with and that would be episode 81 from a few weeks ago and we bit off more than we could chew if i remember correctly and we started getting into it and realized that oh man there was a lot of a lot to discuss about the whole idea of practicing and not or preaching but not practicing Mm -hmm. and uh so we're gonna continue on in uh matthew 23 right about where we left off do you just want to start in verse one just to catch it sure and then we can read through verse 12 and then we'll just get as far as as we get yeah all right Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do not and observe whatever they tell you. So do. Why did I add a not in there? So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them when they're... Gosh, to move them with their fingers, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their uh, phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest amongst, among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. All right. Kind Thank of a you. mouthful. <laughs> All right. So I think we left it around verse four or five at the end Mm -hmm. of last episode. So let's just kick it off from there. It says they do all their deeds to be seen by others for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. Okay. So they're full of themselves is what I gather from this. This is correct. 
Yeah, and this is, you know, world's a little bit different at this time in terms of um, these, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes. The, these are these are the leaders. These are the people that the everyday folk look to for guidance, decision making, um, and they were held up with honor. I think in a way that we probably aren't familiar with in our culture or in America. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't um, religious leaders that are held to a high, but I, I just think it's, it's a little bit different. And, um, you know, these are the football <laughs> players, the baseball players. That's, that's who they were to their, uh, they were the role models, the people that the little kids looked up to and wanted to be like. So I guess I, verse five, the very first sentence to me kind of just sums it all up. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. Like the purpose of them doing what they do and how they do it is so that they can be seen by other people so that they look good or mm -hmm. they look impressive or they look important or intelligent or powerful. And um, everything else in verses five and six and seven kind of just, I think is examples yeah. of how they do that. And I think it is very indicative of your self-worth and your um, ego if you do things to be seen by others only. Yes. Now, I think there is a difference between doing things in public and doing things to be seen by others. Sure. I think oh, yeah. There's a big difference there. Um, you know, because if it was all about just doing things in private, then church would never happen because Christians would just do everything in private, would mm -hmm. never get together in public. Um, be kind of a weird place mm -hmm. if, if you know the good people did all of their good things in private because they don't want to be seen doing the good things because that's you know prideful or you know um egotistical or or whatever but i think that um the difference between doing things in public and doing things to be seen by others is one is a or being doing things in public is just situational mm -hmm. whereas doing things to be seen by others is intentional yeah um you know making your phylacteries broad and your fringes long like that takes conscious effort to make yourself stand out you know, I, I think of like Lady Gaga when she wore like the meat suit or like all of her super crazy, like she did that on purpose to make a scene, to be seen, mm -hmm. to be the center of attention. Yes. And as a pop star, that's, that's kind of what you're, I mean, that's what Madonna did. That's what Prince did. That's what Michael Jackson did as far as making themselves the spectacle, right? Putting on a great show, being that um, eccentric uh, talented genius, you know, 
as they I, say. I, I am a bit intrigued by what Lady Gaga is doing right now. Which is the total opposite. The it's di- the total opposite, and it's the the dive bar dive tour. bar tour, which which looks like a ton of fun. It, it, yeah, I I will I will freely admit I would love to be in the dive bar when she walks in and because she puts on great shows. Yeah. Well, and and I and I think it's I mean it, I don't know, but my perception is is it's a genuine like kind of like I think she will enjoy herself doing this. Yeah. And I, and I would, because it's about th- the music. Yeah. It's not I'd about, very much she's had her, and it's not to say that she won't go back to it, but she's had her ridiculous giant sets and, you know, all yes. the crazy stuff. And now it's like, okay, let's just get back to the music and let's go play a bunch of dive bars and just have a ton of fun playing yeah. music with real people. So that kind of leads me to another kind of side of this, which, you know, this isn't even just about the whole, well, you know, I'm up front speaking from the pulpit. I play guitar on stage. I sing on stage. I, you know, this can also be about acts of service as well. And if you've ever experienced that type of person, I don't think anybody misses out or I I think people kind of catch on if you're around that person enough. Well, how many missions trips have you gone on, Dave? <laughs> so many I couldn't even count. I've gone on at least infinity. <laughs> infinity times. In infinity. fact, I'm on a missions trip right now. This is what this podcast is. I'm trying uh-huh. to reach you and save you, Dave. Oh, so I thought you meant okay. <laughs> oh, the listeners. Is that what you meant? I don't know what I. Thought. I'm just being an absolute. I know you are, butthead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and 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 it's just like, um, to the point where you know. I've experienced these type of people and actually have one of these in my life right now where I intentionally did not say thank you for something that was done just to see what I would. And I, I was fully made aware that I did not say thank you. And as evil as I am for kind doing of that. the purpose, right? Yeah. I just, it just was so funny. Cause I was like, I know this person's doing this for no other then they want the recognition for doing it. So it was presented with, it It was done in a way that appeared that they wanted to remain anonymous. Yeah. Even though it was obvious who they did. So I was like, okay, I'm going to respect, not respect them by <laughs> not acknowledging and not saying thank you. Uh-huh. But then it was very much brought to my attention sometime down the road that they had done this particular act. And I, I really did. I wanted to pull out the soapbox or the, the pulpit and start yeah. preaching at them, but I did not. And admitted my, like, to God, I was like, okay, God, <laughs> very sinful in that. Busted. So. <laughs> anyway, we're all pretty, you know, we're all sinners, so. Yeah. Sin um, boldly. Before we move on, um, what are... What are reasons people would do things just to be seen? Like we've thrown around terms like prideful or egotistical mm-hmm. or whatever, but what are like what are some some reasons people would act that way? Well, and as always, I'm not gonna be able to remember exactly the verses, but we've already talked I think we've hit on this in Matthew, where it talks about they've received their reward in full. And I think that I think the reward is to be recognized. They want other people to see 
what they're doing because in, I mean, I'll admit it. I like to be, I mean, I like to be acknowledged for the things that I do. You know, even, even an element of, um, when I'm serving for people to go, Oh, you're such a servant. You're so, you know, like there's something. And so I, I think that's why we do it. And then from there, I, you know, not to get too Freudian on you, but there's, I think there's a whole host of underlying reasons why we do it is I think there could be an overinflated self-worth. I think there could be insecurity and in trying to get the recognition because of that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's like you said, I think things have to be done to a certain degree situational. And I think even in that it's okay to want to be appreciated. It's okay to want to be loved. It's okay to want to be valued by the people that you value in your life. I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like that those kinds of things are in and of themselves bad, but like the verse says, if that's your motivation, then you've received your, you've received your reward in full. And that's the, okay. People look at you and give you the golf clap and acknowledge that you did something nice. And if that's what your audience is and that's what your reward is, then it falls short ultimately. So how can we, uh, how can we check our motivations? Like, am I doing this because it's the right thing to do and I want to help this person, honor God, um, you know, serve my community, whatever the situation, or am I doing it because I want to look good? Mm-hmm. Like what, how can we judge that in ourselves? Um, you know, I, I think it, it starts with um, seeking God and putting him first in our life because um, I just, I don't, I, I, I know we, we can't do it in and of ourselves. Our motivation is probably never, ever going to be pure. And so it needs to be sort of this, I'm seeking God first. I'm asking him to help me come alongside that, which he is doing and being able to participate in the kingdom of God uh, versus what's my reward going to be. So I, you know, I, uh, recently talked in church that, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis has a quote that says all, all prayer is blasphemy. And it's just kind of this idea of all our prayers, when it really comes down to it, they fall short to the extent that they are blasphemy. That's why the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf in a way that we can't understand. And I think it's the same way um, in our, in our actions. It's if the action becomes your focus, then you're focused on the wrong thing. Our focus needs to be on our desire on knowing God and pursuing him and hoping that somewhere along the line, some of the things that we do, because I, I don't think there's this, this big scale in heaven or, a logbook that God uses of, okay, bad thing goes in this column, good thing goes in this column. I, I just think God thinks very differently than we do when it comes to our deeds and our motivation. And, you know, I again, uh, I think marriage 
And I think being a parent are great examples of this. I do things for my children, my wife, because I love them. And there's really not this thought behind why, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. So (laughs) my kids will really like me. You're going to buy their love, Dave. Yes. Uh, You know, you do. There's those opportunities where I do it. And I'm like, oh, this is truly going to make them happy. And those are just the compare the weak comparisons that I have to, you know, cause we all can do that. We all can relate to, you know, doing something for somebody that we love that is because we know it'll make them happy and implicit in that brings us happiness. You know, it's part of being in a relationship, but yeah, they're if not you have mutually. a soul. <laughs> all right. Well, I agree. Good. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I think you're a smart fella. Yeah. And, and you know, I guess the other thing too is, is there really is kind of a practical sort of, you know, don't make really broad fringes. <laughs> on your, you, know. you know, I mean, there, I guess there is kind of that element of, uh, you know, it's okay sometimes for it to be a conscious decision of, I'm going to step back. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to, you know, pay it forward. Yeah. What do you suppose the uh, modern day equivalent of broad phylacteries and long fringes are? Um, when you're the only person that wears a suit to church. Can I just say that? Sure. <laughs> I, I judge those people. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Uh, well, there's there's two things. I, one of the things I would have said was the size of your Bible. And I don't know if that trend has gone away, but there was definitely a time like in the 80s and the 90s where the study Bibles, and not just the big Bible, but like pages hanging out of it and bookmarks and all that kind of stuff. My, look at how many verses I have underlined in my study Bible, Dave. Yes. Did you know that there's five Greek words for love? <laughs> I learned that in my personal study. Yes. In the little... Notes at the bottom. Yes, one of them is called a gape. A gape. (laughs) But I have to confess I'm a little bit guilty of this myself. I love big Bibles. Well, no, I have a small, thin Bible that was just, it's just worn out. And I I truly do, I I love that Bible. That was my NIV that I had a hard time giving up. But part of the reason why I liked it so much is it was worn out. And when you would open it up in church, people could see that you had worn the Bible out. And I loved it when people would be like, oh. Oh, you really read your Bible? Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm guilty. Just kidding. It was my grandpa's. I found it in his drawer. <laughs> or bragging that my Bible was older than the kids in the youth group. Yeah. I See, I have the opposite problem. I'm always, like, looking for a new one. Mm-hmm. I have, like, hmm. 17 my go-to over-exaggeration, but I actually think it's pretty close to accurate. And most of them outside of like some that I've had since I was in high school are in like perfect condition outside. Oh of yeah. <laughs> outside of the fact that I do write in them and I do mm-hmm. underline stuff, but like pages aren't bent. The covers are nice and you know, mm-hmm. and I just like rotate through them and I don't know. I just have a thing for new Bibles. I think my wife does too. Cause guess what? They're all the same on the inside, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Crossways made a killing with the ESV. With the ESV Bibles, man, they just know how to get you. Which I, I don't know how I feel about that. 
Hmm. Yeah. Selling like 25 different styles of Bible just to sell them. I don't know how I feel about that, Dave. 25 styles, what do you mean? They've got the ESV study Bible. They've got the Gospel oh. Transformation Bible. They've got the Men's Devotional Bible, the Women's Devotional Bible, the Journaling Bible, the Reader's Bible, uh, the New Testament, the Thin Line, the Cowskin, the Fake Leather, <laughs> uh, the Not-So-Nice Fake Leather, the Hardcover. They've got, uh, I have a um, this really cool Hardcover Artist Edition that's like got gold flakes and like different artist stuff. I mean, you can buy... And then, and then each of those, they have like four different cover versions. And like the Reader's Bible set is like six volumes, and there's no verses and no chapters and just book headers. And there's no page numbers. It's just like a it's reading it like a book. Well, there might be page numbers, but no verses, no chapters, not, no footnotes, no anything like that. It's like really expensive, like 300 bucks. Ooh. No, it's all like leather bound and comes in a nice slip case and everything. And but I just don't know how I feel about you know. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like it could be considered pimp in the Bible. And I don't know. But Yeah, I I mean I and I guess that's sort of my whether it be Christian publishers, Christian radio stations, whatever. I sometimes question the people that they champion because it's, because it comes down to it. To me, it's, I think what you're getting at is it's about making money and not advancing the gospel. I don't think there's anything inherently evil with making money, but yeah, you've got to kind of question some of those things in terms of why. So just a thought <laughs> so yeah i think uh bibles are that way um again i'm, I'm kind of going back to like a while back for me versus what today but like the whole christian t-shirt phase which I, I, maybe it's still jesus is on. my homeboy dave uh i had an i had an air jesus t-shirt that had a silhouette of jesus slam dunking a basketball like the Air Jordans. That must be from the Apocrypha. So I'm not yes. familiar with that story. <laughs> yes, second hesitations. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I got uh, would t- maybe tattoos be one of the things today that Ooh. I'm really a Christian because I've permanently marked my body for Christ. With something in Hebrew. <laughs> yes. But I I also get that a little bit too. Like, that's something I'd probably do until I get to the tattoo place and they tell me it's gonna be three hundred dollars. And I'm like, there's so many other. I could buy a Bible for three hundred dollars. So, yeah, I don't know what what that might be uh, today. Where you've gone on a missions trip? How many youth groups you belong to? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, now I feel like I'm just picking on people. Yep. <laughs> or being nasty. <laughs> Sorry. No, we haven't even gotten close to nasty. No, we're just, I know, I know. I know <laughs> we're not know. being wholesome, Dave. This is family-friendly radio. No, I, you know, I, I'll, like I said, I, I'll own, I mean, the, both the Bible and the Jesus t-shirts, so. 
that my motivation was not <laughs> God glorifying. All right, let's get back on track, man. Yes. We got sidetracked. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're pretty good at that. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, so it's not my fault, too. I'm the one that asked the question about the phylacteries and the fringes. I just mm-hmm. couldn't help myself, Dave. Fun words like that. Uh, yeah, and, and while it was a tangent, I do think it's there's nothing wrong with kind of saying, what does that look like for me personally? What do I do? That's maybe more for show than substance. Yes. All right. So verse eight, but you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and call no man your father on earth for you have one father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors for you have one instructor, the Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, you're not to be called a rabbi that, you know, that offends a lot of people that have been rabbis for the last <laughs> 2,000 years. Uh, call no one father. Well, that makes a lot of dads. And to your point, a lot of Catholic priests upset. <laughs> yes. Because there's one father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors. So teachers, drivers and instructors, police training instructors, Dave. Yes. Uh, why? What? What's going on? He seems to be saving all of the titles for himself Mm -hmm. which seems like a prideful egotistical thing to do so pray tell dave what's going on uh i I, well first of all i think he has a right to have all the titles um and i don't even think jesus is holding the i mean without getting into much debate of the trinity i i do think there's an element of glorify the father versus glorify yourself I think he's put he would put himself uh in that category. And I I think there's just that element of um we don't need to be seeking titles uh to kind of justify who we are and what we do. And Again, I, Jesus is, is is challenging the the establishment here, and uh, he knows what's going to happen in terms of going into the holy of holies. You know, I I I don't need anybody to make a sacrifice on my behalf anymore. <laughs> I don't need, um, you know, these positions that used to exist for these things, um. As a follower of Christ, I have just as much right to read scripture as a scribe. I have just as much right to um I don't, I don't even know if that's even the right way of what i'm I'm looking for, but it's it's just it's about God as the head of the church and really nobody else, and titles are not something that we should be seeking huh. other thought. Uh, I mean, I have thoughts. I don't know if they're, you know, good or complete here. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that we're not supposed to pursue titles. And that's a, it's an interesting concept to me. And I, I'm, I'm reading through this again in my head. You're not to be called a rabbi because you have one teacher and you are all brothers. So you're all on the equal playing field with each other. 
but you were not on the level of the one teacher. Call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. So even though I do have a physical father, and I myself just recently became a father to a little precious little baby girl, that relationship, according to this, is a relationship of equals when compared to my father who is in heaven. Oh, yeah. Which I think that's the weirdest one for me. Uh, because, you know, take my daughter, for example, she can't, all she can do on her own is cry and sleep and then wave her arms around like a crazy person every once in a while. (laughs) But that's about it. She can't control when she goes to the bathroom. She can't feed herself. She can't, you know, and so I'm her father and, and part of my responsibility as her father is to make sure that she is taken care of and she is fed and she is bathed and she is comforted and she is taught and she is, you know, educated and, and disciplined and she grows up to be a, you know, contributing member of society. Right. Yes. No pressure. Um, (laughs) so when you look at that relationship, you know, it seems fairly obvious that there is a distinction in inequality, right? She cannot do, therefore I do for her because I love her and want her to be able to do for herself when she gets older. But that relationship in comparison to both of our relationship with God, right? that gets squashed. That difference is so so small and so minimal that in God's eyes, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, and, and this just kind of hit me, is our relationship with God is an infinite one. Yes. And so for infinity, our relationship is uh, the created human made in his image with the infinite God, right? He created us for infinity. That, that differentiator exists. Mm -hmm. The differentiator between me and my daughter, as far as uh, ability to, um, take care of yourself only lasts for about like 13 years. Yep. And then, you know, if we raise her, right, she's smart enough to clothe herself, clean herself, feed herself, not get hit, you know, by a car or like at, at that point, you're fairly, uh, with it enough that push comes to shove. You can get by if you absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, you know, seven years to 20, hopefully you can be pretty hands-off at that point, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so for a very, very small time, and relatively speaking, you know, we're, we're, we're tasked with raising this person, but then the relationship changes. Whereas with God, our relationship and our standing with him, once we meet Jesus and he brings us back together, that relationship never changes mm-hmm. forever. And so I guess at first reading, I was like, no, call anyone father. And that kind of, you know, that's no fun. But <laughs> if you think about it in terms of God's scale, right. it makes total sense. There is only one father and all of us, whether we are grandfathers, fathers, sons, daughters, whatever, eventually we all get to the point where we're adults and we all reach that plateau of, this is our standing before God. And 
it's it's interesting to think that God is the eternal father and and people like me and you are just really temporary ones. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Buffers exactly. against the world essentially. Yep. Yeah, and and as I think of this I mean Jesus Jesus did this. I, I he did not embrace any of the labels that anybody wanted to put on him. You know, why do you call me good? Well, there's only one that's good. It's the, the Father in heaven. Um you know, he he did not pursue a title and he did not pursue uh a position of any kind. And so mm. a son of man is what he referred to himself as. That was his most favorite title. And again, when they would say, you know, teacher, rabbi, he, you know, it was almost kind of this sort of like, okay, well, you know, what's almost questioning their motivation when they would refer to him as by a title. Yeah. And, and again, huh. don't, I mean, I'm not going to make the leap of it is sinful if we do this. It's Dr. Evil. Thank you. I didn't spend eight years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Yeah. I <laughs> just killed it. I'm sorry. Episode <laughs> no, five of It's a Trap, guys. Um, No, it's that's just, I did not expect when I read those verses initially for that conversation to go there. Yeah, and, and hmm. I think from one to 12, and we'll do 13 and the rest, Next time, but I, I think there's just sort of this quit, quit pursuing the external that has no substance to it. Um, and one of the reasons why you do that is because there is somebody that has all those titles, and he is the embodiment, the quintessential, whether it be father, instructor, rabbi, whatever. So it's all a pale comparison if you do. Yeah. And so uh, just moving on real quick. Verse 11 says, The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And I feel like we see this over and over again in Jesus' teaching. Mm-hmm. Like when uh, the two disciples' mom was all like, which... Which one of my sons, you know, I want them to be on your left and your right. And they're like, oh, mom, not in front of our friends. We talked about this <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, and he's, you know, um, I think at that point he says, you know, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Something very similar to this. <sighs> Sorry, baby sleep is starting to kick in. Uh, my brain <laughs> is shutting down. But the point I wanted to make before I pass out is if he if we see in scripture over and over again, that the greatest among you shall be your servant or something of that effect. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it is time that we started to genuinely think about and discuss why that is not to, you know, like a lot of times it's like, Oh, the church wants to do a service project because we need to have a servant's heart. No, we need to have service projects because 
we already had like you don't get a servant's heart by doing a service project, right? You do mm-hmm. service you because, do service because yeah. you already have the servant's heart. And I just the concept of great and service being one and the same is like there's like mental dissonance going on in my head right now because mm-hmm. that's not what we're taught. Great people have servants. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Personal assistance now. But yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's this this disconnect. I think for me, and probably other people, between this idea that that greatness in the kingdom of God and service are one and the same, and that humility and greatness are one and the same. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to do with power. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with status. Because again, if we're gonna go with what we talked about earlier. We're we're all on the same playing field when it comes to God. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter how much power we have. It doesn't matter how much celebrity we have, right? What matters is our standing before God. And our standing before God is solely dependent upon the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but this is really starting to... I'm starting to become more aware of my my version of greatness <laughs> aligning a lot more with what the world says. Oh, great yeah. is than I think I've wanted to admit. And I really don't like being a servant. I you know, I I like to help people that I care about, but that's not really being a servant, that's just being not a jerk to your friends and family. <laughs> you know? But yeah, because honestly, I I believe you could be president of the United States and be a servant. You could be. You could be. (laughs) It's possible. It is possible. Like, and I think those people have existed through history. I think there have been kings. There have been people that have held high places of authority who very much served the people that they were in charge of. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think this is a mutually exclusive again of you can't hold a high position. But if I look at people who ended up in high positions throughout the Bible, they didn't strive to be there. The good ones, you mean? The good ones. That's probably a good way to say that. Yeah. The good ones. And they usually went through hell to get there. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess maybe I just want to end it on that thought of of equating servanthood with greatness and just letting that mess with your head because I know for me that is something that you know doesn't compute for me. I'd love to have servants. <laughs> I'd actually, oh, that'd be weird. I don't know if I can handle that. I think I'd feel weird. But the point is, like, I'd like to be powerful enough that I could have them and then choose not to because I'm a nice guy, Dave. Yes. But then that gets back to the very the very crux of the problem is that in that scenario, I'm seeking money and power, and I'm not seeking right. God. Yep. So it all just, it's a house of cards anyways. This is true. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, any any thoughts before we just shove this one in park? No, I think 
That's a good place. All right. Emergency break. Er. Uh, well, that's it for episode 82, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We were happy to be back. It felt good yes. to be back. And uh, you can get our show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 82. We'll have links to the Patreon page and to Lady Gaga's dive bar tour <laughs> and a few other things as well. And if you want to get in touch, you can do so on Twitter. Dave's at 10-8-HBO, or H the only number. I am at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And you can email us, hello, at supermegacorp.net. Did I miss anything, Dave? I think we're good. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.